Our God is a missionary God, and we are His missionary people. You're listening to The Scent Life, the official podcast of the Center for Great Commission Studies at Southeastern Baptist Theological Seminary. So for the last several decades, all the warning signs have pointed to the fact that the world is growing into an urban context. People are moving to the cities. However, in the past several years, and especially in the last six months, we've seen a reverse in that trend. How does a reverse urbanization and a decline of some of our mega cities influence church planting and missions? Tune into this podcast and our discussion with Keelan Cook and our People's Next Door segment as we explore what it means uh, for church planting that so many people are moving from the cities back to the suburbs. Well, welcome. As we, uh, as we do regularly on The Scent Life, we have a segment that we call People's Next Door where we explore and talk about just matters that deal with uh, North American missiology, uh, diaspora missions, reaching uh, people from around the world who've moved into the United States. And we also uh, dig in on this to talk about urbanization and urban ministry in the state of the cities. And you all know and have had regular contact with uh, our diaspora missiologist at Southeastern Seminary. Uh, Keelan Cook. And so, Keelan, welcome back to The Scent Life. We appreciate so much you regularly jumping on here uh, and participating in our People's Next Door segment. So, appreciate you being here today, brother. Yeah, it's a joy. Thanks for uh, having me back. So, Keelan, one of the questions I want to talk to you about, this is, uh, you know, part of, this is a weird year, not just because 2020 has uh, the coronavirus and a global pandemic and more hurricanes than ever in the history and wildfires and everything else that's taking place, but we're also getting some really fascinating data coming from uh, sociologists and uh, experts on urbanization. For the past, I don't know, 40, 50 years or longer, all the information, all the data that we've, we've been receiving has shown us that, that the whole world is moving towards cities, that mm-hmm that cities are going from large cities to mega cities and that those cities are just getting bigger. But really in the last year and, and really heightened in the last couple of months, we've started to see and read articles and uh, see research projects that really shows what could be a reverse in that trend. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so uh, that has significant implications, I think, for missiology for mission strategy and so wanted to just jump in here real quick and let's just throw this on the table how how have you observed and how is your research really uh, showing you what's taking place as it relates to urbanization and the growth of cities you've spent the better part of the last decade studying cities living in cities you're working on some, some research pieces that relate to urbanization. So how's your research bearing out with these articles and, and what, what should we know and what should we expect and learn uh, related to what's taking place in the world today? Yeah, so I think this is a super interesting question and I think you're absolutely right that it, it does have bearing on the way we think about missions, uh, particularly here in North America. 
So in general, uh, and this is still true, by the way, globally. So if we take the whole world, we are moving toward urbanization. That, that trend has not, has not shifted. Um, so on a global scale, the world seems to be getting more urban. As population increases globally, we're condensing into tighter and tighter geographic spaces. That just kind of tends to be the way things are going. The story gets really interesting when we get into the U.S., though, because at periods in the U.S.'s history, we buck that trend. Uh, and we will go through a period of urbanization, and then we'll go through a period of de-urbanization almost, where the center city is no longer seems to be the target for everybody. And we actually start bleeding out into suburbs or sprawl or back into to rural areas. Really, the movement for, gosh, from about the 1920s, 30s, up until about the 1990s, our movement was towards suburbs. Uh, we became a really suburban country uh, compared to a lot of other countries that were just continuing to urbanize. Uh, all that shifted for us, though, back in the 90s, going into the t uh, 2000s, maybe even a little before that, depending city to city, uh, we started to, the center city kind of became a hot topic again. And so we moved into this period of, of urbanization in the States again, where our center city started to get big and and for those of you that have been part of the like missions conversation in North America, we leaned real heavy into the idea of cities matter. And man, we need to think about getting into cities and church planning needs to happen in cities. And, and we tried to make cities a sexy location for you to go do ministry. And, and so we've been doing that for a good two or three decades now. What does it look like for us to be in cities? However, we may be sitting at another one of those pivot points where oh. we've been pushed into cities for a while Urbanization has been the hot topic. Cities are just going to get bigger. And yet, when you look at some of the data, really since about 2011, 2012, we saw an inflection point. And we have, on the whole, in North America, our cities have been shrinking since 2011 or 2012. And so that trend really turned around. Now, in the news lately, particularly because of COVID and the shutdowns and, and that emotional felt response of a pandemic and density, because that creates some unique emotional things for us, right? Like I'm, I'm sitting elbow to elbow with all kinds of people in this urban center. Urban has been the ideal, but is it the ideal if I need space? If we need to be right. socially distanced, why in the world would I want to live in a city? And so there's been a, a real uptick in the last several months of articles that are coming out and hit pieces and hot kind of hot takes on well this is the death of the city we're we're gonna we're gonna see people move out of cities and you add to pandemic the kind of twin issue of the fact that all these companies have said hey you, you can just work from home mm -hmm. and oh, yeah. the, the realization that we've had for now and here's something important primarily upper income white collar economy that a lot of us could just do our job sitting, you know, in our home office instead of having to drive into the city or drive into our office to, to work. And so it's allowed a lot of companies to second guess whether or not they even need to have an office space. Well, if I'm no longer tethered to my office, am I still tethered to my city becomes the question, right? right? And so the idea of what's referred to as the digital nomad is a, a trend that you can, you can Google it and you can find out uh, all these articles about how we have the rise of the digital nomad. Now I'm a, a working uh, individual who has a full-time job, but I'm not tied to a location. So I'm going to buy myself a camper and drive around the country and live wherever I want to. So 
with all of that on the table, there's this question of, are we seeing the unraveling of the city before our eyes? So let me ask you, uh, kind of based on that, uh, of one of those articles, uh, whatever you want to call it, uh, came out uh, in August of this year. Uh, and it was specifically about uh, New York City, which is not only um, a global city. I mean, in, the, in North America, it kind of stands in some way supreme as a city goes. Uh, and so it was written in uh, the New York Post. It was an opinion piece by a, a lifer, uh, a New Yorker. Uh, and kind of pointing to this, and it was a fascinating piece to read because part of the perspective uh, it was uh, James Altrucker. Uh, he said, you know, I, I and many others lived through 9-11, and uh, even at that point, within the next couple of years, we kind of gathered ourselves up. Of course, New York came back stronger than ever. Uh, but to your point, uh, what he begins to bring up is, yes, this digital nomad piece in the sense of businesses dispersing, but then he adds all of these other layers onto it that, uh, you know, for instance, a Facebook group popped up. Uh, in terms of people relocating out of New York who said they never would, within two days, over 10,000, 15,000 people are saying, yep, I'm here. Uh, he even points to food carts uh, that you're so used to seeing in, in a big city like that. He's saying, look, that's just the life ebb and flow. But now, because of pandemic, because of these things, those aren't there. And then cultural centers. Uh, we all know Broadway, for instance. He, he's like, it's not just that it's shut down that then that impacts jobs and why are you there and can you afford? And, and so you begin to see people move out of the center, what you're talking about. And, and he goes on to say this over and over again, this idea of New York City always, always bounces back, but not this time <laughs> with a full stop. But with that, so some of the trends is uh, kind of suburban settings, maybe moving out of the center of the city but even within his perspective, Keelan, as we think missiologically, what does it mean for us in church planting and missions? People are moving, not necessarily, some are to the suburbs, but some are just going to other cities. They may not be considered a major urban metropolitan area, but, you know, they're going to, uh, you know, Phoenix, Arizona. Well, I mean, those types of places. So uh, tell, tell us more about that, these trends. Do you think that's a, a, a static trend away from big urban centers? Do you think this is just for a season? How does this impact us? Southeastern believes it's important to support women as theologians and to equip them for service wherever their calling takes them. If God has called you to ministry in the church, the academy, or at home, Southeastern Seminary wants to equip you with the tools you need to fulfill your calling. With almost every degree available online, you can get equipped wherever you are today for wherever you are called in the future by visiting sebts.edu. Yeah, so there's a whole web of ideas that are mixed up in that particular article that you're referencing. I'm, I'm not as 
bare opinion on the death of New York as that particular article is. Um, <laughs> that said, he, he raises in the article a lot of points that are significant right now. So are we in a period where I think we're going to see a slow decline in cities for at least a decade or two in the U.S.? Probably. That seems to be the writing on the wall, but not because of COVID in particular. Uh, I think a lot of people want to make COVID an inflection point in the death of cities for us in the U.S. And what we really see when we step back out and look at the data is we see a trend that has been in play for six, eight years prior to 2020 where cities were heading back into the suburbs a bit. So I'm more inclined to say that we're in the middle of a natural rhythm, that the situation that we find ourselves in with the pandemic probably is going to hasten that temporarily, but that at the end of the day, cities are historically, and I don't just mean last 50 years historically, I mean like the last 3,500 years historically, Cities are pretty resilient. And so there's a, a broad level where cities aren't going to be dead. Uh, mm -hmm. We may hit a period where cities stagnate is too harsh a word, uh, but we may hit a, a period where cities stop spiking. They stop skyrocketing like they're doing. Um, and we may have somewhat of a plateau in them for a while. Uh, though, uh, so that's, that's one thing. I, I, don't, I don't want to be too the sky is falling when it comes to the death of the urban center right now. The other side of that question though, and you brought up a very important point here. It's one thing to say a whole lot of people are leaving San Francisco and New York, which is true actually. Uh, they're seeing an increase in people that are moving out this year, even more than other areas. So you've got some peaks of areas where, yeah, those areas are starting to lose people. But what we're finding is that those people aren't leaving cities, they're leaving that city. Oh, that's right. And so what yeah. winds up happening is they move from New York to Atlanta, or they move from New York to Tampa. Uh, the people that are leaving San Fran, a lot of them are actually moving to here in Texas, to Austin. And mm -hmm. so there are trends of movement from one major metro to another major metro. What we may wind up seeing because of this digital nomad reality is really more of a, maybe a democratization of the U.S. metro. So some of our real high flyers, your New York, your Chicago, your LA, your Houston that are so big, they may have a curb in their growth while we see cities in that second tier level, like an Austin uh, or a Raleigh, that really start to see the benefit of a whole bunch of people moving out of New York. Um, so it's, it's, more, it's more variable. I think it's more nuanced than a lot of the hot take articles you're going to see. Sure. Now that makes perfect sense. So Keelan, what are some, uh, what would be some frontline missiological takeaways from mm -hmm. these trends that we're seeing? I mean, for years and years, the pressure was we need to all move to the cities because that's where all the people are. Uh, folks like Tim Keller, Ray Bakke, uh, some others were just calling evangelicals to the city and almost at points chiding the church because we weren't urban savvy and uh, because we were much more suburban than urban. So is, is this new trend kind of an excuse or an opportunity for us to say, hey, look, let's don't emphasize reaching the cities anymore. Mm -hmm. We need to shift our focus. We can, can 
rock back into something more comfortable. So in other words, does the fact that people are leaving San Francisco, New York, Los Angeles signal for us that we as missiologists ought to do the same? Uh, what are, what are some, some implications that we should be pulling from this? Yeah, so I'm answering this question from Houston. So let's keep that in mind, right? I'm <laughs> here in the middle of one of these big cities and that, that plays my hand a bit on how I feel about urban ministry. Uh, that said, uh, I think the answer to that question is absolutely not. It does not give us an opportunity to lean out of cities. However, okay. I also think you brought up a very good point in the way we've spoken about city ministry versus, say, suburban ministry. For the mm -hmm. last decade, maybe two decades, we've been pretty pejorative concerning suburban ministry and okay. that's probably not been fair mm -hmm. and if we're not careful we're gonna miss a significant zone of ministry re regardless of where we fall if we fall too hard in one direction or the other and so what i think we need to keep in mind even if cities aren't growing at the same level they were and even if some of the high flyer cities are seeing uh kind of a a net out movement right now, an out migration, that doesn't mean the New York Metro, like it's still going to have about 20 million people in it. Right. Yeah. Like at the end yeah. of the day, there's still going to be a huge amount of people that need yeah. ministry there. So does the fact that we've seen an, a pivot from everybody cramming into cities to people spreading back out a bit mean that cities are no longer important? Well, absolutely not. That's, that's kind of silly when you think about it on the surface. Uh, so we still need to really put some pressure on being where the people are. And at the end of the day, even if cities are, are diminishing some or plateauing in places, that's still where a, a good majority of people are. Uh, furthermore, we have been historically underrepresented in cities. Um, evangelicals tend to be a pretty comfortable creature in the suburbs. Yeah. And because of that, we've not been the best at being able to be uh, effective ministers of the gospel in urban centers. We probably need to sharpen our ability to do that still. So I, I think we still need misiologists that are thinking about what does it look like for us to do good, healthy gospel ministry in an urban, in a city context. However, the decentralization that seems to be occurring right now re-highlights the suburbs as a place of vital and important ministry. Hmm. Uh, suburbs matter. And so the move to make cities sound important by denigrating the suburbs, that was a mistake all along, probably one we shouldn't have made. And okay. if we look down our nose at a church that's located in the suburbs, we're, we're, not, we're not realizing the fact that some of our churches, uh, because we have been historically located in the suburbs, uh, some of our churches are now in a prime position to receive uh, hmm a group that's coming toward them. So what does it look like now to be effective ministers if decentralization is, is heightening the suburbs again? How do, we, how do we do that well? So there's a missions opportunity presented in the suburbs right now that may not have been a couple of decades ago. Yeah, that's actually a fascinating idea when you think about the fact that on the one hand, if we see these mega cities, these high-fly cities decreasing, there's really no excuse to leave it because we were kind of underrepresented there in the first place. Correct. So to abandon the mission field uh, when there weren't enough of us there in the first place is a little bit uh, a dereliction of duty. On the other hand, I think this, I think your point is, is well spoken. And I think we, 
in Raleigh in, a, in our in our a triangle area here, Raleigh-Durham uh, triangle area, uh, we are on the other side and there's a rapid influx of people uh, in our area, obviously from New York or from the uh, New England states. And so the churches here, uh, this de-urbanization or reverse urbanization really creates for us, it seems like a new type of mission opportunity, mm -hmm. um, which is going to require a contextualized type of ministry, right? I mean, uh, we have to reach a different type of people who still need to know about Jesus. Absolutely. So one of my cautions uh, in this in general, so I've, every now and then I'll see some, so cities are, are not the it thing anymore. People are moving back to the suburbs. So our focus on cities is evangelicals in the missions conversation, at least, was hasty and not necessary. We should have just kept trying to do good suburban ministry. So that sounds okay, but my caution is that a return to the suburbs by people does not necessarily mean a return to our previous methods of ministry. Mm, that's good. Uh, and that's, so there is, there is probably some truth to the fact that we are held culturally captive by an, a moment in suburban history in the U.S., um, a lot of our churches know how to operate in suburbia at a particular point in time, but right. the suburbs that are currently developing look profoundly different than the suburbs when we first put our church there. And because of that, we're still going to have to do the hard work of learning what this new ministry context is. Uh, people moving back to the suburb doesn't, doesn't mean they're moving back into our old ministry context. It means our old wow. ministry context is getting reinvented right now. And it's much mm. more diverse culturally, religiously, uh, age-wise, it's much more diverse, even income level uh, than it was before. And so we're gonna have to rethink afresh, what does it look like to do ministry in this context? Yeah, no, that's, that's really good. But for those listening that might be in that receiving or that sub more suburban context or, or maybe another context, maybe it's even rural. Uh, we have some people mm -hmm. leaving cities to go to those contexts as well, but you're in an urban setting. And so when you talk about uh, maybe rethinking afresh or not leaning on old uh, ministry methods in terms of receiving uh, this new group of people in, uh, what, what would you tell them? Maybe what's something you're, uh, doing in an urban context and you think, you know what, this might be applicable now, uh, not just in urban, but maybe in suburban or other contexts. Is there anything you see from that perspective? Yeah, Greg, that's a great question. Uh, so, yeah, and a couple of things, I got two things really quick that just pop into my head when you say it. One, uh, one of the things that we, when we work about, work at getting an urban church plant into Center City somewhere, and we start talking about what that looks like, we put a, a high value on that church doing work in cultural and contextual awareness. Like, what does my area look like? How do I map out an area to know what different kinds of groups, different kinds of people are here so that we can know how to be a healthy expression or a healthy manifestation of the gospel to that particular group? The means through which a church planter would learn a new neighborhood, mm. I think a lot of our churches that are established in the suburbs probably need to adopt some of that as well. Uh, we need to move okay. off of the assumption that we already know where we are because in mm. reality we knew where we were not where we are now because where we are is is different than it was 10 15 years ago so maybe right. adopting in some of that discovery mindset we need to discover afresh the area that is around us so that's one and two if you're in a suburban setting 
that is around an urban metro. So you're part of a metro system here. You're in the suburban ring. You need to develop a healthy cooperative relationship with churches that are in your urban setting as well. Mm -hmm. And in doing so, if you can become cooperative dialogue partners, you'll learn their ministry methods that yeah. may be fruitful because oftentimes the people are leaving their context for your context. Mm. And, awesome. and so being able to have that kind of relationship becomes the iron sharpened iron reality for both those urban churches and those suburban churches that are located in the same metro area. Uh, that only strengthens both ministries. Yeah, that's great. No, that's, that's really good. I think even just that perspective of kind of the ebb and flow, the life cycle of cities, even perhaps what some of the trends we're seeing now, uh, this idea of cooperation and perhaps in the past, as we think about uh, urbanization and ministry to a city versus, versus even using that word, uh, ministry in sub, uh, suburban areas or other areas, it, it needs to be both and. And maybe this yeah. is what the Lord, uh, he's giving us this opportunity, even though we don't like the way we might be presented with the opportunity. <laughs> um, and, and so I think it's good too, uh, you know, Keelan, as we wrap up here, uh, a good reminder, just so I'm reflecting on our conversation, uh, trends are important, uh, methods are, are, can be important, uh, but again, we hold some of those things loosely, uh, but uh, I think in terms of ministry, whether it be church planting or other types of ministry, it seems to be that it should be focused on uh, people, reaching people. And Absolutely. the one thing we know about people, uh, they tend to move around. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it's true. It's true. And so ministry means it, it's, we don't have it figured out. And the moment we think we get it figured out, uh, that means we need to reassess and, and reinvent. And so uh, any last couple thoughts as we wrap up today on this People's Next Door segment for our listeners, Keelan? Uh, yeah, so I would challenge people to keep your eyeballs peeled on this one. Um, it's still too soon to tell really what 2020 is going to wind up doing as far as urban and suburban things are concerned. So I think we we need to have our eyes on it and try to try to be watching as things start to develop. The the dust is going to settle at some point and we're going to see what this has done and um, being watchful for that, I think will only benefit us regardless of the context we find ourselves in. No, that's good. Uh, again, thank you for joining us again, Keelan. Thank you to our listeners for continued uh, listenership uh, here on the Scent Life. And if you like what you're hearing, let us know, but more than that, uh, get the word out. Uh, we do hope uh, that this will encourage us to live on mission because we have a God whose heartbeat is for all peoples, no matter where we find them. So let's pray for Keelan and the ministry in Houston, Texas. Our Father in heaven, we thank you for Keelan, for his ministry. We thank you for the way that you're leading churches in Houston uh, to minister to those who are in desperate need of the gospel. We also pray that you would equip them as they minister to those in Lake Charles and the surrounding areas in the recovery from the most recent hurricanes. Would you give them strength and wisdom? And most of all, would you give them the spirit of cooperation? We thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. So thanks so much for tuning in for this episode of The Scent Life, where we explore uh, our God as a missionary God who leads us in and through even the chaotic times that are taking place around us. 